Good morning, God's wonderful people. Welcome to another episode of Logos Zontanos, where we give focus to expressing the life of the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is alive. Here you are today, my friends, with a brand new page. A brand new slate on which to write a new chapter in your life. I encourage you today in writing this new chapter to take time out to learn something today that you didn't know yesterday. Because if your learning is continuous, your growth never ends. If your learning is continuous, your advancement never ceases. Learn something today and advance yourself into the purpose and plan of God. We turn our attention today to analyze the second letter of the Hebrew word Malay. That is the letter Lamed. We have already analyzed this letter in a previous series, but we do it again now to deepen our understanding of this letter. Each of these Hebrew letters is compact with truth, is compact with realities that we need to learn. But we can't learn this in a 20 minute or half an hour session. We can't learn everything there is to be known about a letter. So each time we go through a letter, we deepen our understanding of that letter. And so in going through this letter a sec- another time, a second time, is it will assist us in learning a deeper truth or to go deeper in the understanding of this letter. We will go through looking at the pictogram of this letter, the shape on the form. We'll look at the initiation and we'll look at the gematria. Then we look at some lessons that we learn from these analysis. We sum it all up in that lesson section. We are doing a study on Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. And in this study, we t- the study is titled The Identity of the Warrior, or the Warrior's Identity. And in this section of our study, we are looking at the assignment of the warrior, the warrior's assignment. What is he assigned to do? Because we understand that in the warrior's assignment, his identity is contained. His identity is recognized in his assignment. You will never assign a carpenter to do a security duty because that's not him. That's not a part of his identity. You will ask a security guard to be posted at a a particular security checkpoint because that's a part of his identity. He's a security officer. And so our assignment is an indication as to what our identity is. So that's why we are considering this now uh, to understand what a man's assignment is, what the warrior's assignment is. And we are contemplating this by looking at the second declaration God made concerning man in Genesis chapter 1. This second declaration is found in verse 28. And in this declaration, there are five parts. We have already considered the first part, which is to be fruitful. That's the first assignment of man, be fruitful. The very first and primary assignment is to be fruitful. Second assignment is to multiply. To multiply is dependent on being fruitful. So you'll be fruitful, 
then you multiply. As long as you are fruitful, you will multiply. Now we're looking at the third um, assignment, which is and replenish the earth. You are going to be able to replenish the earth if you are multiplying. And you'll be able to multiply if you are being fruitful. So the base, the primary task is to be fruitful. If you always remain fruitful, you will multiply and you will replenish the earth. So we're looking at this third um, aspect, this third part of this decoration. Replenish the earth. We want to understand what the word replenish means. And so we are analyzing this Hebrew word to understand what it means. And we have already analyzed the first letter of this Hebrew word. This word is spelled with a mem, a lamed, and an aleph. And so we have already analyzed the mem. We will now turn our attention to analyze the lamed. All right, and then we'll bring it all together to understand the word in its context and its, in its use and in its form. So we turn our attention now to analyzing the lamed. The pictogram of the lamed. The pictogram for the lamed is a staff, a cattle goad or a rod. It's a shepherd's staff, a cattle goad or a rod. Now, the shepherd's staff is what the shepherd used in herding his sheep. He uses it to control the herd to keep them in line and to guide them along the path. So if a sheep is wandering off the pathway, the shepherd uses his staff to guide that sheep back onto the pathway. If a sheep is over a cliff and the shepherd needs to lift that sheep up back onto the ledge, the, 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 um, the, the, the ledge off from off the ledge, he will use his, his, his staff to assist him in lifting that sheep up from, from danger. His staff is also used to protect his herd are to ward off predators. So that same staff is used to ward off predators. So the predators that are coming at them, it becomes a weapon in the hand of the shepherd. It is also used to prod or urge the herd forward. So the herd is lagging. The shepherd uses a staff to, to prod them, to urge them on. The staff is also a symbol of authority. It's a symbol of authority because this is um, also used by, by the royalty that the staff you see the royal king walks around with, in that case it's called a scepter. It is what the king would carry around. And so in this case it's called a scepter. The shepherd's staff is normally taller than the shepherd. And this is depicted in the form of the letter Lamed. The Lamed is the tallest letter in the Aleph beat. As a matter of fact, it's the only letter that goes above the line. So where you're writing within a line, Every letter is between those two lines. The only letter that goes above the line is the Lamed. That's the Lamed. So the Lamed is that shepherd's staff. It's a cattle goad or it's a rod. And the various applications of these devices will give indication as to what the, 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 the Lamed means and what it stands for. Authority, which it's used as a weapon. It's used to herd the sheep along. It's used to protect them, so it's protection. All of these concepts are embodied within the lamed. So let's look at the shape and the form of the lamed. The lamed is formed from a calf and a valve. Now, if you remember, the calf is the open hand. The hand that you use to hold up something. So your hand is open and it's cupped over something to hold it up or to push it down. So the calf is the palm of the hand. It means to allow, to cover, to open the hand the power to suppress or to lift up, all right? The open hand is the same position your hand would be in if you're pushing down something, and it's the same position your hand is going to be in if you're going to lift up something. The gematria of the, 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 the calf is 20, and 20 is the number of expectancy. 
because Jacob uh, he waited 20 years for his wives and Israel waited 20 years for deliverance from Jabin's oppression in Judges chapter 4 verse 3. And um, in Genesis 31, 38 and 41 is where you see Jacob waiting 20 years for his wife. So the calf is that letter that means support and, you know, it means to lift up or to hold up or to cover, you know, cover something. That's also an act of protection. The vav, on the other hand, is the nail. It's a peg or a hook. It means to connect or join two things together, to make two things secure. It means to become bonded to something, two items becoming bonded together. The gematria for the Vav is six. The Vav in its number six also refers to all of creation. Because the world was created, the world and everything in it was created in six days. So the number six also refers to creation. It also refers to man because man was created on the sixth day. Alright, so the Vav also is referring refers to man. Now, we understand also that the Vav is the Yud. The hand, the yod is the closed hand, the clenched fist. The yod, it says, it is said that the vav is the yod that stretches down to touch the baseline. Because the yod is that letter that floats in mid-air. It doesn't go above the top, top line and it doesn't touch the bottom line. So it floats in mid-air. But the vav now is the that yod stretching down to touch the baseline. So there, the Vav also speaks of the connection between God and man. We see a depiction of this in jo Jacob's dream that he had when he was traveling. He, he had this dream, I think it was at Bethel, where he dreamt of, of a ladder extending from heaven to the earth and the, the, the angels of God going up and down that ladder. That's a depiction of the Vav that connects heaven to earth, that connects God to man. So in the, in, the, in the Lamed is the uplifting of life or the uplifting of man. Through learning or teaching, you can either uplift an individual or suppress him. It is through teaching and learning that an individual is uplifted. But the Lamed teaching or learning is the uplifting of man. The uplifting of man. So... It, we, we can also suppress a person through teaching as well. Because the classic example of this is this teaching or philosophy of races. This is the means by which an entire nation can be suppressed and has been suppressed in the past and is being suppressed. Because the teaching and the philosophy of the races is what is being taught to children who grew up with this philosophy and this teaching and then now live it out in their society. It has spanned generation because it is being taught. That's an example of how a teaching can suppress an individual. Through teaching, you can suppress an individual. So education is not always uplifting. That's a fact. Education is not always uplifting. It is, can be suppressive as well. Also, my friends, from the Lamed, we also understand that 26 being the sum of these two letters, the Kaf and the Vav, we understand 
that this number is also the number for the name of God, God's personal name. If the gematria for God's personal name is 26, yud hey vav hey, yud 10, vav 6, hey 5, and hey 5. So you have two hey's, which is 10, one yud, which is 10, and one vav, which is 6. Yud hey vav hey. That totals 26. So the gematria for God's personal name is 26. So here we are seeing the form of the Lamed equates to the gematria of 26 because it's formed from a Kaf and a Vav. Kaf is 20, Vav is 6. So it equals 26. So here we see that it's the gematria of God's personal name. So we see here that it's teaching us that God is the teacher. God is the teacher. He's the one who caused learning. All right? He is the teacher, the ultimate teacher. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, it reads, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doeth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man live. This is an example of God involved in the act of teaching. It's showing forth God here as the teacher. The letters that spells the name Lamed, the name of this letter Lamed, is the Lamed, the Mem, and the Dalet. These are the same letters that spells the word Lamad. The same letters are used in the Torah to spell the word Lamad. Lamad means to teach, to instruct to impart information in a formal or informal setting with a focus that the information will be, will be responded to or acted upon. So it, it, is, it, it speaks of a training as the object of this teaching. So training and, 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 and the way that we think about teaching today is, is a bit different. However, in the context here, it's not different. Teaching and training is the same thing. Because whatever you teach, you expect the individual to become. All right? When you train somebody, you are teaching the person how to become. Teaching is the same thing. Teaching is not the impartation of information. Teaching is the impartation of skill. Teaching is the impartation of skill. And acquisition of knowledge is important in the acquisition of that skill. So teaching is not the impartation of information. Which is what teaching has boiled on to today. Where teachers was focused on imparting knowledge, imparting information. And that's not what teaching is. Teaching is the impartation of a skill and behavior. That's what teaching is. Now, it, this word also means to train. Alright? It also means to gain information or signals and cues and respond properly to those signals and cues with, a reg with regular action. Implying acceptance of or submission to the information being given. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 1, here's what it says. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live, and, in do, and go in and, and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. So there we see that Moses is here telling, telling Israel that they should do be careful, be careful to do 
the things that he was teaching them, the, com the status and judgment of the Lord. He says, no, no, hearken unto them to do them. So teaching is an act of imparting to a person a skill or a particular behavior. In, in verse 10 of the same chapter, it reads, Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord, thy God, in Oreb, when the Lord said unto thee, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. All right? It's not about imparting information. It's about imparting skill, imparting behavior. All right? And so here we see that demonstrated in these two verses. This is demonstrated, my friends, by the staff of the shepherd also in how it is used. So the way that the staff of the shepherd is used, it is used to, to, to keep those sheep in check. It is used to prod them on. It is used to protect them. So the rod is there to, 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 to get the sheep to conform to a particular behavior. And as you utilize that rod in, in guiding those sheep, after a while, you don't have to put the rod there because they know that when they turn that way, there'll be a rod there to meet them. And so after a while, they conform. So that's what teaching is, is to get an individual to conform to a particular way of life or behavior. So teaching is transforming. All right. Let's look at the initiation of the Lamed. The first place in the Torah where Lamed is used to begin a root word is in Genesis 1 verse 5. There in Genesis chapter 1 verse 5 it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Which word here begins with the Lamed is the word for night. The word for night is the word Layla. Layla. That word is the Hebrew word for night. It begins with a Lamed. Now, the question here is how do you get night to be the initiation of a word which means to teach or to learn? Well, let's go on. Layla means to a twist. That is a twisting away of the light. To twist the light away or to turn the light away. Figuratively, it means adversity. Now, how does this initiate the act of teaching or learning? Here's what we need to understand, my friends. What does this word teach us about the Lamed? Because wherever the letter is first used in the Torah at the, to begin a root word, that word will teach us about that letter. It teaches what that letter means. So the question we need to ask is, what does this word teach us about the Lamed? When we understand this, we will see the connection between this word for night and the word and the letter Lamed, which actually means to teach or to learn. So what does this word teach us about the Lamed? One, it teaches us how the Lamed operates. The Lamed means to learn. Teaching is actually a step in the learning process. So the operative concept here is learning. You see, teaching, we understand, is not an act that is independent and stands by itself. The act of teaching is a part of the process of learning. In other words, a person will be seen as having learned something when they can teach it to somebody else. You can say you have learned a particular skill when you can teach it to somebody else. If you can't teach the skill, you have not yet learned the skill. 
You have not yet learned until you can teach it. You have not learned it until you can teach it. So a person who says that they are an electrician, they can't say that they have learned the skill of electrical installation if they can't teach it to somebody else. When you can teach it, that is when you have learned it. You can't say that you have learned the principles of God's word if you can't teach it. And we also understand, my friends, that you can't teach something that you are not. You have to first become before you can teach. So a teacher is not someone who imparts information, like I said before. A teacher is someone who imparts a skill or a behavior. That is what a teacher is. So you can't teach something that you're not. If you are not honest, you cannot teach honesty. If you are not a learned person or given to learning, you can't teach another person how to be given to learning. If you're not a follower, you can't teach someone to be a follower. So this word here teaches us that learning is a part of the process. I mean, we know that learn, um, teaching is a part of the process of learning. So this word here is teaching us that learning takes place through a twisting away of the light. That's what it's teaching us about this um, word, this letter Lamed. It's teaching us that learning, it, it, it operates through a twisting away of the light. What does that mean? That means that in the nighttime is when learning takes place. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that in, through the adversities of life is where learning takes place. Are you getting it? The twisting away of the light. Let me ask you this. If you want to find out if your child trusts you, how do you test that? You test that by twisting away your presence. In other words, hiding away and to see that child trusts you. I give you a challenge. If you want to know if a child really trusts you and know and is confident in what you say to them, stand in a room with the child. And you might say to that child, I'm always here with you no matter what. If it gets dark, I'm still here. If there's light, I'm still here. Just know that I'm always here. Then turn off that light and you will know if that child believes you. You will then know if that child believes you. It is in the twisting away of the light. It is in the removal of the favorable circumstance of life that really gives way to teaching learning. It is through the adversities of life that we learn and are taught the principles of life, especially of trusting God. What does the word of God teach us? There's no better demonstration of this, my friends, than God's own explanation given in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3 through the words of Moses. In Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3, here Moses declared, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doeth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man live. God here taught Israel how? By causing them to suffer hunger. By making them hungry. This is how God teach them the importance of his word. He says, you must know that man don't live by bread only, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God doeth man live. That's what God wanted to teach them. And how did he teach them that? He caused them to suffer hunger. It is through the adversities of life 
that you are taught. It is through the adverse circumstance of life that you learn the basic principles and important things of life. A man who has nothing is more ready and apt to give than a man who has everything. Why is that so? Because the man who has nothing knows what it feels like to be hungry. And so he doesn't want anyone to endure that. He will be more quick to answer the call of the hungry than a man who has everything. Why? Because through the adversities of life, he knows what it means to be what it means to be hungry. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it does to an individual. And it gives him that heart of compassion when he sees someone going down that road. He's quicker to act to the cries of the hungry than a man who has everything. Because he has learned. You see, God taught Israel the true sustenance of life through hunger. We see the value of the children of Israel. You see the value they placed on food. We see here the value they placed on food. Look at what they did in Exodus 16 verse 2 to 3. It says here, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for he have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. This was them being suffered to hunger by God. And this is how they responded to it. You see, God said, cause to suffer hunger to teach you this. But this was how they responded to God suffering them to be hungry. They said, it's better we were in Egypt. And get, getting food than to be free out here and have no food. They valued food above their freedom. They know what their freedom. But they rather that they were in bondage with food than to be free without food. That, was, that shows the value they place on food. They rather to have food than freedom. But God was giving them true freedom here. They didn't want that. They wanted food. Because they valued food more than freedom. God says, look here, I did that to you to teach you that man lived by every word that preceded all the mud God. You see, he says that you don't live by food only. That's because God wanted to teach them the importance of everything that came from his mouth. The entire creation came by the word of God. Creation came out of the mouth of God. He says, you live by everything that proceeded out of my mouth. All of creation came from God's mouth. The Bible that we're reading today, that came from God's mouth. His words come from his mouth. So he's not saying that you must live by his words alone. He says you live by everything that came from his mouth. So you're going to have food, but do not neglect. Do not ignore the importance of the word of God. Do not ignore the importance of what is written in the Bible, because that also came from the mouth of God. Everything that came from his mouth. Everything that proceeded from the mouth of God is important to your life and existence. The trees and the plants are medicine and food. So everything that came out of the mouth of God is essential to your existence. So we see here, my friends, that learning is meant to occur in the adversities of life. We have learned here that the Lamed also means authority and leadership. Leadership and authority is really seen in the difficult times of life. 
It is in the adverse circumstance of life that you really see true leadership shines and authority displayed in the adverse circumstance of life. Your difficulties are your teacher. Stop complaining. Pay attention and learn well. When the light is twisted away, when the favorable circumstance of life is turned away from us, it is in that moment that we must pay attention. It is in that moment that great life's greatest lessons are taught. And if we miss those lessons, we inadvertently relive those moments. We relive the tragedies that we face if we don't learn the lessons they teach. Do you want to consistently be facing the same tragedies every year? Do you want to consistently be going through the same thing over and over again? To avoid that, learn the lessons and avoid the pits. Learn the lessons and learn to ride the waves. Because until you learn to ride the waves, they'll always overflow you. They'll always swamp your boat because you must learn to ride the waves. Because they are always going to be there. It's not that your problems are going to go away. But you have learned to cope with them to learn the lessons they teach. Adversities of life are your teacher learn the lessons well and learn to live life well the more you learn is the better you live learning is not about the acquisition of information it is the acquisition of skill so whatever challenge you're facing today if you learn the lessons you'll write them every day father we give you thanks we give you praise for your goodness your love your mercies today our prayer to you father is that you help us to ride our storms help us to soar above our storms and in doing that father we have to learn the lessons we that your storms will teach us and so we ask you father to help us to learn the lessons the storms of life teaches so that we can be able to soar above those storms in the winds of the storms so that we can utilize the winds of the storm to take us in the direction we must go. We give you thanks, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you, and I do too. Shalom. Shalom.